It's Friday night. It's 7 o'clock. It's time for the sports phone. Night, 7 o'clock. It's time for another edition of the Sports Phone here on KCIX. Jerry and Jim in Portland. Not only are we both in Portland, we are at the official Sports Phone Bar in my house. The recently renovated, completed Sports Phone Bar. How's it feel? There's a lot of shows that every now and then they will do a show from a bar every now and then, but we are at the official Sports Phone Bar. I've seen lots. I've seen lots of sports phone uh sports talk shows at least on a special from from a bar so i'm just happy to be in portland happy to be here with my family for the new year and as i say this bar was built what a week ago week 10 days ago it was finished and uh we're sitting at it now hopefully have we'll hopefully we'll get on maybe we'll put the uh the uh kzyx website with our uh sports well, well, we, you've been working on it for a while, so it's uh, it's it's good to see it's good to see it come to fruition and get some use here. But welcome everybody to the sports phone. Uh, it's good to be back after being off a week. Uh, last week, Jim and I took a Christmas day off, but we figured Happy New Year's, January first, twenty twenty one. We would do a sports phone here on New Year's Day. If you are new to the sports phone, uh, let me break down what's going to be going on for you for the next hour or so. Uh, very simply put, this is an open forum sports talk. Jim and I are here. We want to listen to what you want to talk about that is going on in the world of sports. That can be at the collegiate level, the high school level, the pro level, wherever it is, whatever it is, Jim and I want to talk about it, uh, as long as it's going on in the world of sports. The number to do that is 707-895-2448. That is the number you want to call. Or that's the number to call if you want to talk about sports. Renee was kind enough to man things in the studio today back in Fiverr, so we've got someone ready to take calls. 707-895-2448 if you want to talk about sports. We are ready to go, ready to take your calls. I say we're ready to take uh, calls. Uh, we're ready to take calls now. Um, we've got no guest. Um, we never know what to expect on a holiday. Let's take calls. 707-895-2448. Jerry, should I, should I spill the beans on the... Um, on the topic for the night? Well, I think we got to start, of course, with on this day in sports. This is something that I've tried to keep as a tradition and keep it going uh, on this day in sports. And we're in a new year, so we get to talk about on this day in sports, January 1st, 2021, which uh, I think is a good one. And it was interesting looking through a kind of on this day in sports and what our options were for the day. Uh, there, was, there was a lot of college football to, to kind of parse through. No kidding. Um, I uh, I didn't I, I have nothing against college football. I think it's really fun to watch, but it was just interesting because I, I was looking for other things uh, and I couldn't find anything. But before we get to on this day in sports, let's take our first call. We'll call her on the end. Hello, caller. 
I hear nothing, Jerry. Renee? Yeah, I don't hear him on our end. Yeah, caller, so call back. See. The caller dropped, so just call back. Yeah, give us a call back, 707-895-2448. We can keep talking sports here. Uh, but to talk about on this day in sports, so yeah, I was sifting through January 1st trying to find something interesting that wasn't just the results of a football game. And I found one from 1979, January 1st, 1979. And I thought that this was interesting, Jim, because this is something that would never happen in modern day uh, modern day NBA or modern day sports for that matter. On, on January 1st, 1979, John Y. Brown attended his first game as the owner of the Boston Celtics. Wow. He, now, hold on. That's not the interesting part. The reason it's interesting is he became the owner of the Boston Celtics after trading the then Buffalo Braves to the previous owner of the Boston Celtics, Irving H. Levin. So what I thought was so fascinating about that was you had an owner trading franchises with another owner, which is something that you would never see nowadays. Mark Cuban is never trading the Mavericks to with the Bus family uh, for the Lakers. So I just thought that that was a hilarious thing that you would never see happen in modern day sports. I, I wonder how many people have ever even heard of the Buffalo Braves. It wasn't in your time, Jer, but um, I grew up with the Buffalo Braves. I believe there was a franchise in the... ABA, the American Basketball Association, but I know they were, I think they were in the NBA for a while too. So I, I grew up with some, uh, you know, not far away, just an hour and a half from my house from the Buffalo Braves. Yeah, they were, they were in the Eastern Conference from 1970 to 1978, and they were part of the NBA. It wasn't an, an ABA team or anything along those lines. They were part of the NBA. 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports. We are here on the sports phone. First sports phone of 2021. Give us a call if you want to talk about sports. 707-895-2448. But as Jim mentioned, um, we do have a topic for the day, topic for the the week here. And I I think we've always had pretty good luck with this, Jim, in general. Like just kind of the timing of our shows seems to have always fallen in line with New Year's or New Year's Eve in some good ways. And so we figured uh, to kind of wrap up 2020, uh, we would talk about not necessarily our favorite stories of 2020 in the sports world, but the top stories, kind of the ones that stood out the most. And there's a reason we'll, we'll kind of differentiating favorite from top stories, because I think some of these are not the, the best stories in terms of good things, but, but they're still stories that we figured were worth talking about. So that's what we're going to be focusing on. But if you want to talk about something else, you can give us a call, 707-895-2448. Talk about whatever you want, or if you have your favorite sports moments or your top sports moments of 2020, you can give us a ring and, and we can talk about those. But to get started, Jim, do you want to go first? What's on your list of, of top there stories is, from the sports world in 2020? I've got my top story, um, and then there's nothing else even close to second. Right. So I got Kobe, Kobe Bryant died. Not my favorite story ever, but my top story of the year. It was the interesting part about it was pre-pandemic. Right. It rocked the sports world. I say rocked the sports world for months. It's still going, really. So, such a dynamic individual. Um, that's. I was just such a fan and and s- such a um, his work ethic, his his communication skills, his his dedication to to public, all that stuff. Um, it, it, I can't even say, say, I can't even list everything of why that was the most impactful sports story for me in 2020 by far. 
Yeah, I thought one of the more interesting parts about that story in particular was as you kind of got into it, there was that whole, uh, there was the whole storyline of just the idea of, of how Kobe's had so much more going on in his career uh, during, after he retired, like there was so much more going on, um, after that. So, so yeah, that, that was an interesting one for me. During that. During, during the, um, you know, after he died, I learned a lot about his history, a lot about, um, uh, a lot about his life, a lot about his family, a lot about, you know, him in general. 707, eight, nine, five, two, four, four, eight. Let's hear what your favorite sports story of. 2020 was what was yours Jer? what was after I'll, I'll, I'll let you go once before i go back to my second yeah and just to jump in here real quick i think uh, our connection did drop there for just the second uh for listeners so uh, apologies there uh we were just talking about uh top stories of 2020 uh and kobe bryant's uh passing away was jim's first one that he brought up um my first one on this list is kind of the unavoidable one and, and i thought we could just get it out of the way <laughs> and it's 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 the coronavirus as, as the and that's probably the top story of 2020 in general. So you're but, saying how it affects the sports world. Right, right. And kind of where, where I was going with it was this idea that, like, I don't think there will be anything um, ever again that impacts the entire world of sports the way the coronavirus did. Call, hello, caller. You're on the air. Hi, guys. This is Alice calling. Hi, Alice. Can I introduce Alice, seeing she gave our name as we call the enabler of the sports forum. She's the person that when we said we'd like to have a sports show almost two years, more than two years ago, Alice said, I'll never forget the comment. When do you want to start? Hi, Alice. Hi. Hi. Thanks for the, thanks for the, um, the hype. Uh, <laughs> so I want to tell you guys about a story, a sports story that I covered as a journalist um, in May, I believe it was, and down here in the Bay Area. And it was like, I got assigned this story, and it was about, like, the golf courses reopening. And I was kind of, when I got assigned the story, I was a little bit like, really, guys, come on, can't you give this to an intern or something, you know? <laughs> and it ended up being one of the most fun stories I did, like, that month. And um, it was, <laughs> and so, I, you know, I called all these golf courses, and I was like, okay, so you guys are opening up, and what safety protocols are you taking, and, and what's going on with that? And, and I got this great interview from this guy, which, okay, Walnut Creek <laughs> has a, a, a job that's part of the, like, public works department, and this guy's job is golf liaison. <laughs> I don't know if he's full-time or not, but, like, he's on the, he's on the city payroll, just so you know. Tax dollars at work. So I talked to the golf liaison, and I got a great quote from him. And um, and and then, you know, I, I called, you know, and talking about all sorts of other stuff about the golf courses reopening, and everyone was thrilled. They were saying that these golf courses, the tee-offs were filling up. You know, they'd open them up at, 
at midnight, and they'd be full full for weeks because people were just jonesing to get out and back golfing. And um, so I, I'm talking to my editor about the story, and she make, starts making all these jokes about ball washers and how they have these new no-touch ball washers. <laughs> Really? And we just, I don't know, we had a lot of laughs about the no-touch ball washers, and it was just a really delightful story, and it was like one of these stories that I got to cover that was actually a really happy, positive story, and uh, it made me think of my grandfather, who's, you know, loved golf, so that's one of my 2020 sports memories. See, I don't think anybody that doesn't have somebody involved with their family or circle of friends that's into golf. I mean, it's it's huge, and... Uh, my understanding of the story, Alice, was you were covering a story of, of why why golf courses were opening during the or how they were opening during the pandemic. It was so they had they had decided to allow golf courses to reopen because they decided they could do it safely. You know, you could have you know tee off times that were thirty minutes apart, and everyone had to you know have a separate golf cart and be you know masked. And and they had sanitizing stations everywhere, and they 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 you know had no touch ball washers, and um, and you know all of the clubhouses were closed, and so you know they, so it was a story about golf courses are reopening, what's happening, you know, and and all these golfers were just like they were just going crazy, they were so excited. <laughs> I remember golf being one of the first little beacons of sports coming back. I think I remember one of the first sporting events that happened nationally was when tiger woods peyton manning phil mickelson and i'm and tom brady they did like a celebrity duos tournament and i remember that being one of the first sporting events that happened during the coronavirus and yeah. it makes sense like golf golf is practically one of those sports that it was it, it was simple enough to bring it back for exactly what alice what you're talking about where you can space things out you can you know keep tea yeah. times there's a, there's a built-in social distancing to golf my brother totally. was, and it's all I grew outside. Up. You're never gonna. You don't need to touch anyone or share any equipment or anything. You know. So, yeah. I grew up golf course. My brother was a very serious junior golfer. He went to the national junior championship. I caddied for him when he did local tournaments. And what I, I was on the golf course a lot because of him. I was doing my sports, and he was golfing all the time. I'm talking about as a teenager and, and even younger. And so I'm asking you, Alice, did did you have to learn some of the lingo of, of golfers even to talk to them? It's like being on a sailboat. you got to know the language to talk to a golfer. Oh, absolutely not. No, no, no. I just asked them, you know, basic questions. Are you opening? How do you feel about it? Just trying to get, trying to get them to give me a good quote and get some info. But, no, it was just a, it was just a, uh, it was just a, like a, a local news story that was a minute and a half for the local newscast. It wasn't anything in-depth, yeah. How's your golf game, Jerry? Oh, my golf game's awful. I'm, I'm real bad. It's one of those sports where I think every sport you can talk about in that in that kind of hypothetical of conceptually, it seems really, really easy, but none of them are, are, are simple to execute. I think golf for me is like the ultimate one that just conceptually seems so simple. So you have this big stick with a very large club head and you're hitting a tiny little ball. And it just it's one of those things that in theory seems... I don't understand how it could be difficult, but then it's just, it's just brutal. My golf game is very bad. It's I, very, very bad. I think you know, the uh, bowlers would tell you the same right? thing. Right, same idea, yeah. <laughs> what was that, Alice? Well, what, what I want to propose, too, is like, and maybe maybe people can weigh, on this, weigh in on this throughout the rest of the show, but like, is golf even a sport? 
or is it a game? Like, it, it seems like, is it a sport, or is it just, like, an activity? My, my belief has always been, and I don't know how deep we want to go into this, as long as you're not using a golf cart, I consider golf a sport. Okay. I think there's a dividing line. <laughs> because then you're taking probably the most physically strenuous part of golf out of it. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny, though, to, to kind of wrap up Jim's question. My golf game is bad. My mini golf game is very strong. I'm, I'm a excellent mini. <laughs> Alice, if you're going to bring it up, you're going to answer. You're, you're going to have to. As long as there's no other call here, seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. And by the way, the person that told me to make sure I keep repeating the telephone number was Alice. Um, yeah, Alice, if, if you're you're going to make a statement like that, I then need to hear your definition of what is a sport. That's a very good question. Um, I think a sport needs to have a natural, like natural, uh, built-in sort of competitiveness. You know, like like something that sort of engenders competitiveness naturally. Also, has to have a certain level of physical activity. Um, so far, golf. I don't in know. There. I'm sorry. But that's that's the challenge, right? Is is that's where it always gets dicey when you have this conversation? Is the the physical activity part comes up, and then the obvious follow up question is, okay, well, what's that threshold for a physical activity? Yeah. And it just kind and of it might need to have a certain type. Of, it might need to have a pace, a certain pace that 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 is faster than golf. Like get, golf might be like a game, like a game or an activity rather than a sport. Because I mean, okay, I, yes, you definitely need a lot of physical skill to play it, like you were saying. But you also need physical skill to play the piano, and you know that's not a that's not a sport. But there's not the I, I, I could think you could argue, maybe this might be a stretch that the walking of the course is an important physical skill to have in golf. Just in that, that there may be people that. That, that are that struggle with that to walk for four hours to cover it uh alice we're gonna let you go we got another call here thank you so much for bringing great. this conversation up it's always good great thank great you for allowing you guys. Bye. hello caller you're on the air hey gentlemen how we doing happy new year hey happy new year vince how about yourself how you doing i'm doing very well on this lovely evening good to hear your voices is it raining um, there it, it is raining yes i think it might be Coming to an end here shortly, but uh, been raining for a couple hours up there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's been raining like every other day since I've been here. <laughs> uh, What's well, on your mind, Vince? Winter time, winter time in Portland. Yeah, well, I, I will say, Jerry, I agree. The golfing uh, is a sport if you're walking, but I also think you have to carry your own clubs. Okay, sure, I'll buy that. Jeez. So, well, well, hang on then. I mean, I, Vince, I don't know how far we want to go down this. If you had something else, but. So are we calling professional golf not a sport then? Because everyone has well, a caddy? That's one of the things that always bothers me about it. Um, those courses are long. They are walking a few miles. And there is the mental stress that goes with it. So it's kind, you know, kind of a balance there. But for, for, not, you know, for me to go golfing and to call it a sport, I walk and I carry my clubs. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. Vince... And maybe Jerry, I think Jerry's just being devil's advocate here, but Vince and Alice, you're both minds. Golf is a sport. Golf has everything that there is about a sport. It's an individual sport. It's a, there's team events. There's physical activity of it. There's precision. There's the competitive activity. There's leagues. There's teams. Come on. I, golf is a sport. 
I, I'll give I that to you, Jim. It does it does check all the boxes um, for sure. Uh, so I, I wanted to chime in with my um, the thing that uh, for for 2020 in sports that that kind of uh, caught my eye the most um, is is the the, the involved the involvement um, the evolution. I'm sorry, the evolution of women in men's sports. Um, that was on my started list. with. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, well, it started with Katie Sowers of the 49ers being the first woman to be a coach in a Super Bowl. It then went on to Kim Ying of the uh, Marlins becoming the first female general manager of a major sport. Um, Then Sarah Fuller kicks the two extra points for Vanderbilt, becoming the first female to score points in a Power 5 college football game. And then just two days ago, Becky Hammond becomes the first woman to be a head coach technically during a game in a regular season NBA game. They're all huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. I mean, it's just just really, really, really interesting. And I just also read earlier that the the Red Sox have hired a female to be, I believe a manager of one of their minor league teams when, uh, when that actually uh, starts back up again. So a bunch of different firsts in all the major sports. Yeah, the thing I loved about it when I started kind of looking at the list, and it's basically the list that you brought up there, Vince, is is how widespread it was and at different levels, right? Like you had a college kicker, you had a GM in in Major League Baseball, you have a a coach in basketball. It's not like just all players or all front office office people. I just really appreciated that it was at all these different levels uh, of the game, uh, of of their respective games. I think Becky Hammond is going to be the most public i think long term yeah. of all these names with with the marlins gm being second but just because you're a gm you're not going to get as much face time as a coach i i've been a believer for a long time i i think when greg popovich of the spurs does retire i think the spurs are so ingrained in their system and kind of their we bring up our own talent type thing i just would be so surprised if becky hammond doesn't become the head coach uh, of, of the spurs he's 71 how old's becky hammond I don't know. It's a good question. I'll have 30s, to take a look. 40s, 50s. Give me a ball. I, I would say I, I, late. I mid- bet she's, I 30s, bet she's in, her, not... in her late 40s, early 50s. Oh, is maybe she young, maybe okay. younger. Yeah, she, but... she doesn't look that old. Yeah. What's, what's her basketball history? So, so she has. She's 43. Becky Hammond's 43. Thank so you. she she has a really interesting history. And and Jim, you'll actually remember this name when I tell you the story. And Vince, I, I would imagine you know this story as well. Um, but she was a WNBA player for a long time. And one of the best in the WNBA. But one of the things that she became really well known for was, I don't remember what year in the Olympics it was, but she didn't make the U.S. national team for the women. But she has dual citizenship in Russia. Oh, I remember that. She went and played for the Russian national team one year. And and they got destroyed. They played the U.S. and they got absolutely destroyed. But it was just this really interesting story. And that was the first time I remember her name and then she kind of disappeared for a while and then popped up in the Spurs organization. Uh, yeah, I, I think she's going to be a head coach, whether it's with the Spurs or somebody else. There's so many bad teams in the NBA that are just the rotating yeah. doors of head coaches. I just thinks it's, I think it's inevitable that she gets a job. Uh, but yeah, Vince, I, I agree with you. That was on my list. Just the, the women showing up in predominantly men's roles in men's leagues. Uh, uh, something yeah. that was on my list for sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring up I another thought- Vince on the list. It's not specific names, Vince, but I'm, 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 I get most of my, I'm pretty old school. I get most of my sports information from setting the timer on my 
DHR, whatever it's called. On your DVR. DVR. And watching Sports Center every morning that was on at 11 o'clock the night before. And right. I don't think, I don't think in 2020 I've ever seen a sports center without a woman playing a predominant part, whether it's a color person or a host, hostess, or, or on the sidelines or something. Whereas I don't think that's a 2020 thing. No, but, but that's, it, I, that's I been pretty consistent. Yeah. You may have noticed it more, but, but they're, they've yeah. been pretty aggressive about having that balance on ESPN for a while, especially with yeah, their they, anchors at least. Sports yeah. But, but that, I see that is very true. Well, yeah, I mean, um, just really quick, too, the couple other things that I found for my list was, and I think you guys might have covered it when I stepped away for a second, was obviously COVID was huge with all the cancellations and postponements, things that were canceled for the first time or didn't happen for the first time. And, you know, I, I think the Little League World Series or the you know Little League World Series was like the first time in 50 years it hadn't happened. The NCAA tournament, the Olympics were, were pretty much postponed and potentially could be canceled this year if, you know, things aren't better by summertime which should be the first time in a long time but on the flip side the nhl and the nba showed that bubbles work which i thought was a pretty important uh message for this year for anything sports or really personal (laughs) yeah yeah that was my uh that was my first alternate i called it in case uh other things that were on my list came up that was one of my backup ones was the success of the bubble it was kind of a covid story so i figured we could get to it eventually but yeah, it, yeah, for me, it was really just interesting because there was the 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 kind of the fumble at the beginning of Major League Baseball and the NFL, and they kind of figured it out as the season went along, but there was just these really dicey starts where yep. the NBA, the NHL, they went to their bubbles, and there was not a case to be heard of the entire time, and it, it showed the success of it, and some of the stories that came out of the bubble were so cool, like the I think it was the Jimmy Butler story where he was selling coffee. He brought his special coffee maker and he was selling coffee out of his hotel room. There were the documentaries about the <laughs> chefs and stuff. I, yeah. I've said it so many times, so this is new if, if you're a listener to the show uh, for me to say this, but I can't wait for however long it is from now, two, three years when the NBA or ESPN or whoever it is that, that knew they were going to be working on it releases the the COVID bubble documentary. Oh, yeah. You know the how yeah. yeah, how it was set up, those meetings, everything like that. I can't yeah. wait for that to happen, however many years down the road it is. 707-895-2448. Call if you want to bring up anything, your stories of 2020, um, anything else you want to do, talk about sports. Um, I, it's funny that we bo- we all had, now that I hear Jerry had it on the back burner and Vince had it on his front burner, I had it on as my next one to bring up, and I think it's what you guys we're, we're saying, but mine was just the impact the bubble had yeah. on sports going down the line. Little League, Vince, you mentioned that, but there hasn't been a high school sporting event in Northern California since since the since COVID started. Right, and uh, who knows if it's ever if it's going to start this year? My prediction: it all starts up in September, and yeah, we, it's a wash. we pretend like it didn't even this never even happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, the the bubbles were great. I, I I loved them for a lot of different reasons. I think. Vince, I didn't see the NHL one as, as much as others did. I, I forget if you're a big hockey guy, but I, I imagine but one, one of my favorite things about the NBA bubble was how kind of like just like kids they kind of acted like they were kind of kids in camp. In well, a we, way. Always, we always said that yeah, it was, it was I, like I an imagine, AAU tournament. I imagine the NHL bubble was super similar. It was just a bunch of Eastern European guys doing whatever they do instead of NBA. I, I, I went to college. Exactly. I went to college 30, 
40 miles from the Canadian border. And I went to a D1 college and um, for hockey. So 90% of the hockey players from Canada, and I'll tell you right now, Joe, I know what they do in their <laughs> spare time. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, and, I mean, and it, it's very balanced, like the NBA with hockey, where you have a lot of 18 to 24-year-olds and a lot of, uh, of older veterans. So I imagine there's a huge balance. Uh, it, that's what I would love to see in a documentary is how the older veterans handled themselves and how some of the younger guys and then who was in between uh, and how they all interacted and handled the, the whole bubble themselves, you know, like the difference with the age groups and, and, and just, uh, you know, I can only imagine that, you know, Cal Kuzma handled it one way and LeBron handled it another, another way, you know, just because of their age and their, their difference in that way. So that would be interesting to me to see how that, that was. 707-895-2448. My list is complete. My sports stories of the year for 2020 were the uh, tragedy of Kobe Bryant's death, no high school sports due to COVID, and the NBA bubble. That's that. Were, those were my three. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to tell kind of so many of these are COVID adjacent, right? Like it's impossible. Because another one that was on my list, very, again, minor one, but what was on my list was the, the Canadian teams and how they're covid worlds got affected how like the raptors are playing in in tampa oh, bay right now the, the oh, yeah. blue jays weren't allowed to have a, a team as well vince it sounds like we got another call coming in uh as always call back if you want to keep listening though awesome thanks guys thanks vince you're on the air uh sports phone i love you guys so much oh, thank I, you. For, I forgot <laughs> i forgot about the ball washer at the golf course with your 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 first caller, yeah, I can't believe two people have mentioned the the COVID ball washer store. I mean, what do we? What is this? I never got what you were talking about, Dallas. Well, I, I mean, do you remember what ball washers were like? We were going and playing you at the Little Ball Sports. You, you, you pumped them up and down, right. and they spun. Right. So think about everything with a ball washer that you can't do during COVID. <laughs> you can't touch that same thing and push it up and down. It all had to be all hands-free, I like see. automated type thing. It's a great story. Caller, did you have one for, for 2020 or something else you wanted to bring up? Well, it, it was just so funny. I used to just golf with my dad all the time. And, you know, you get some pretty, like, hoity-toity people that come golfing. And my dad's, like, pretty, you know, he's close to 80. And, you know, we'd always get up to the ball washer thing and just crack a ton of jokes. And people would get kind of offended, whoever was waiting behind us. So I was just, I was, I was thinking about that, just, you know, such a funny, I, I think that could be a good category for uh, funny sports stuff, you know, inside sports, funny jokes with that. Oh, what do you guys think? There's all kinds. I, I just remember, you know, as I say, I grew up on the golf course with my <laughs> brother playing seriously competitive golf. So it was, I mean, even when they played, to practice they were they were competitive and when there were slow people in front of us it just people lost their oh, temper just, yeah hey, by, the, by the way caller is there's no doubt in your mind that golf is a sport well it, it's just, I, yeah no it's definitely a sport i mean it you know i i was always so terrible and and the thing is we sometimes wouldn't even finish like the nine holes because what we would always do, we, we always walked, we never had a cart, but we would always bring more beers than golf balls. So, you know, if you end up shagging a bunch of balls and you can't find them, you just have to quit early, but at least you have cold beer out there. It's, it's, it's so, definitely, so to, it, it, 
it's definitely a sport. Uh, you know, it takes a ton of talent. I loved it. I loved, like, sort of trying to figure out the creativeness uh, of how to hit a golf ball. We never took it very seriously. It was it was purely just something that me and my dad did to, like, hang out and bond. But, uh, I mean, it's definitely, yeah, you know. You look at somebody like Michael Jordan, who is arguably one of the best NBA players of all times, and I I don't know, Sports Illustrated or something, where he was talking about how hard of a time he had playing golf. And you look at his natural, like, talents and abilities to play basketball at the NBA level for so many years, and then he sort of struggles like the rest of us when he gets on the golf course. <laughs> it's funny. You were talking about how you, you wasn't something you took very seriously. That was the thing I always took away from playing golf with friends. And it was this idea of we maybe because all my golf experience is at Little River Golf Course. That's pretty much the only course I've ever played. That's the only place I've ever played is Little River. <laughs> oh, yeah, Little River's the only course I think a huge portion of Mendocino, maybe not Mendocino County, but the coast area. Maybe right. Little River's the only right. course I've ever played. But I just thought it was always funny. The first hole and maybe the second hole, we tried to take it so serious, not necessarily seriously, but we would get frustrated when we hit bad shots. But by the time we got to the third hole at Little River, which is that dog leg left that goes up the hill, we just didn't care anymore, and we just goofed off so much. And that's when it became fun was when we just we stopped taking it seriously. And then the other the other thing, and I'm not going to call it any names here, but the amount of cheating that I knew that went on in high school, <laughs> Jim, I don't know if you can comment on that at all, and and it's just like. Well, and again, without using names, it brings. There was so much cheating going on in high school golf. <laughs> I was there because everyone kept their own scores. Are you talking about competitive right. high high school league golf? There was so much cheating going on that I know. Oh, and I, I didn't. I, I didn't even get into it till it was just something my dad was like, "Hey, you should come out and do this, and it'll be awesome." And it was. I mean, we we definitely had a good time. We we were. I I would bring. Yeah, yeah, we never cheated. I never played in high school, but certainly you can see in a sport like golf, where especially at Little River, where you're often playing <laughs> behind these big trees and whatnot, how you can definitely like get get an edge over the person you're playing with. I, I never cheated. I was always playing with my dad. It was always just fun. I'm actually surprised they let us. You know, there's that one hole at Little River. I think it's the the eighth. Uh, before the last, but you can, if you shag it wrong, you can definitely hit people that are like on the second. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can hit it. You can hit a, you can hit the T box on, on the, on the yes. opposite hole. Oh my yep. God. Yes. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, it, we, I believe yeah, the hardest, it, I believe the hardest rated hole in little river golf course, according to the PGA ratings is that part three before the hole you're talking about. Yeah. That's what he's. No, he's talking right. about the uh, number eight that goes down towards the clubhouse. Right. I believe that's the one he's talking about. But the par three in the gully with the two different greens, that's a tough hole. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's such a great course. And, I mean, it, you know, we're spoiled living in Mendocino having that thing. Um, but, yeah, that first call, Alice just, you know, I forget, I haven't played golf in so long, and it just, I don't know, 2020 was a rough year, all the COVID. It just, she was describing the ball washer, and I was just cracking up, and I was like, I totally forgot about all the jokes, me and my dad, 
who's much older, <laughs> would make every time we'd get up to that thing and people would sometimes just look at us and shock, you know, out-of-towners, not locals. But anyway, I love you guys' show so much. Have a great night. Thank you. Thank you. 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports. We're talking a lot of golf, which I didn't expect, but I absolutely love it. And we're also talking our top stories of 2020 in the sports world. So give us a call, 707-895-2448. Jim, here's a question for you. I got one here, too. You go first. Okay. What of, of the entire, we'll say, U.S. population that owns a set of golf clubs, what percentage of them have used that set less than three times? People that own how many people go out and buy golf clubs? Basically, the question I'm asking okay, is, then, yeah. they're like, I'm going to get into golf. I'm going to get really into it. And they use them less, we'll say under five times. Because I fall into that category. Uh, I think it'll come and go with you. I, I think it's a higher percentage chance that you'll get back into golf than some of these other adult sports, like people that, that, that buy treadmills and stuff like that. They use them, put them in the, and then they never bring them back. Sure. I, I think there is a large portion of the, of the golf club owning population that doesn't know they own a set of golf clubs. That, that's what I'm basically going for. Because I remember when I moved to Arizona, I was, I'm going to get into golf. There's so many courses out here. I bought a pretty good set of clubs. I used them once in six years in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I definitely think that percentage is out there. 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports here on the sports phone about 20 minutes and change left here on the show so give us a ring if you want to talk about sports whatever is on your mind uh favorite sports stories or anything else you want to talk about and uh we we have a text here a question for the group i'm not sure we were planning on going down this route though so if if not golf is surfing a sport absolutely yeah Yeah. i mean who's i'd say I'd say I, I, th- I don't think that one requires any more debate. I, I, I say, for, but I say for the same reasons, golf is a sport, surfing is a sport. Uh, same reasons. I I don't know how. Again, I I don't love this debate because I think it just gets so odd. But I think surfing is much more physically strenuous than golf. I didn't say it wasn't. I said but you said for the same reasons though. Oh, okay. So basically, what that implies is you're equa- you're equating swinging a golf club with catching a wave. And the, then there's the downtime in between. Those are, I, I don't know. It's, it, I, yeah, I, I, I let my interpretation of a sport get much more broad uh, yeah, yeah, as really. of late uh, than I used to be. I used to be pretty closed minded about it, but I've, I've become a little more open to it uh, than, than in the past. 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports, uh, anything on your mind. Phone lines are open. We're ready to take your calls. I had a few more to go through, yeah. the top stories of 2020. Yeah. It's funny. There's a, some of these are much more recent. This one, I think, is from two weeks ago, but it, but it fits into it, and I still feel bad that I didn't know about it. But it was, it was I mean, Major League Baseball integrating the Negro League stats into oh. their his, history and historical records it has to be one of the top stories in the sports world, it, even though it just happened. And like I said, I still feel bad that I dismissed that and didn't realize how big a story it was until a caller brought it up. Maybe I'm I'm dense here, Jerry, but I don't know how many other people like me had no idea what you were talking about when right. that first got brought up. Explain what really happened. Maybe we can get, get this going one more time again. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the short version is after I put, you know got my head out of the sand and actually realized it was a, a big deal was – 
Major League Baseball decided that they were going to take the historical statistics and records from a portion of the Negro Leagues, which I think were from the 1930s, more or less, was, was when that was. And they were going to deem that part of the history of Major League Baseball. And so they were going to integrate those stats into Major League Baseball's historical records. And where it matters is, for a few reasons, but the, kind of the best example of this is Satchel Paige, who was a very well-known pitcher in the Negro Leagues, but he had a very short Major League career. I think only had like 20-some-odd wins in the Major Leagues. His career win total now goes up over, I think, 200? Or at least he gets he gets like into the high 150s or be- something. And that's-, and that's because they're including his Negro League records. And, and my favorite one of these stories, when I go back and was reading about it, is that if they follow this by kind of letter of what they said they're going to do, the all-time single-season batting average record is now held by a Negro League player. Instead of it's, Ted Williams? No, I don't have the specific name, but it's instead of somebody that was in the majors. It's I think it's Ted Williams, I, all-time I, batting average. No, I, it's it's single-season, not career. Oh, single-season. Yeah, but but, but it's, it's like 445 or something like that. But yeah, it was just, again, for me, is this story that was off my radar because I don't follow baseball very closely, but it's a huge deal. I think you could even argue that out if COVID hadn't happened, this may have been the biggest story of, of 2020 in terms of the sports world. I, I think that one is is huge for, for sports. It's it's one of the most I, – I don't even know if, if there's anything on the same level with it. It's, it's, mm. it's, 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 it's so to, – to, I mean, every record could be replaced. The amount of home runs. I, I believe single-season home runs. Well, where it gets challenging, and they, they talked about this a little bit in a few, a few of the articles I read, is there's, there's certain players and certain leagues that didn't keep great records. So, so there's the, one of the conversations is like how much of the stats they're going to count. And I think that's one of the challenges. Is, yeah, I read something where there was a potential argument where one player could take over career home runs or single season home runs, but it's not well documented enough. So like it's, there's, there's elements to it that are going to be really interesting. But yeah, that was up there. Uh, for my for my top stories of 2020. 707-895-2448, under 20 minutes here on the sports phone, 743 in just a couple of seconds here. Uh, so give us a call if you want to talk about sports, 707-895-2448. Uh, bring up your favorite top stories of 2020 uh, or anything else that's on your mind if you want to talk about sports. Jim, do you have any others? I know you mentioned my three, my three covered, and I didn't really... I mean, there's just so much involved with COVID. Right. That, that it's, it's hard to separate any top stories of 2020. I mean, it COVID. started in March. So, no, it, it, it covers mine. Yeah, yeah, it, it's tough just because, uh, as, as we've talked about, like just every so many of the stories were offshoots of COVID, like the bubble, high school sports getting stalled, college basketball canceling the NCAA tournament. That was another one on my list, but again, that's... That's a COVID story. If you have a if you have a uh, sports story, especially if it's not about not, COVID, non COVID related, seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Let's hear it. Yeah. Uh, so while we're waiting for any other calls, uh, as we keep rolling here on sports phone, Jim, I, I think we I want to be careful how much detail we get into, like how deep into the weeds we get into this conversation. But do do you want to talk about bowl season in college? 
bowls and, and, and like the, in college football postseason at all? Well, if we're ever going to do it, if we're ever going to do it, today's the day to do it because today is the mecca of college football bowl games. When you talk about the biggest day of the year for college football, when it, this is semi rehearsed, semi off the cuff, but but we did mention this at dinner last night. I, I am so confused. I'm in a funny situation because I don't follow pro or college football that closely. But I grew up when there was only three channels on television, ABC, NBC, and CBS. CBS, yeah. And on New Year's Day, there were four games. The Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, the Orange Bowl, and the Rose Bowl. There was even a parade for the Rose Bowl. So growing up, in the 50s and 60s, that's what New Year's Day was. And, and I just always took it for granted. That's what college football was about. It was about um, those four bowl games. And there was some reason why you got in those bowl games back in the 50s, 60s, 70s. I, I'm going to say it you started changing the 80s or 90s. I, I wouldn't question it. I would just say, hey, who's in the Rose Bowl this year? Mm -hmm. Hey, who's in the Orange Bowl? And Jerry, you said you knew there there are tie-ins. There, there are back then. Even, How you even the now, there are there are still tie-ins. There are conference tie-ins. Before there was any other playoffs, that's all there was is bowl games at the end of the year. There were still tie-ins. Even back then. There were there were still tie-ins to what conferences played in what bowl games. That's what I mean. Do you know what they were? Yeah, exactly? they're the same that they were now for the most part. It's it's still very very similar. Okay, so but that's yeah that's kind of tangential to the to to the story here of because to, to to quickly kind of get to the end and then I'll let you keep going here, Jim. Yeah. The topic here is just how the the college postseason and the 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 idea of college bowl games has changed so much from what you remember to what it is now. That's what we're talking about, right? In, in, exactly. In, in a large scale. So go ahead, keep going. But, but large scale, that's what we're talking about, just how much it has changed in so your I, life. So I didn't know why back then. I didn't follow close enough. I didn't really know why two teams were in the Rose Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, and a Cotton Bowl. But I did know that after it was all over, depending on who did what and, and, and who played who, some team was ranked number one, number two, number three, number four. And all of a sudden, that wasn't good enough. I think the excitement of the NBA playoffs, the NCAA basketball playoffs, the hockey playoffs, where at the end, there was one team standing because it was an elimination tournament. I think the value of that for marketing purposes and the value of that just to know for sure who wins took over. Is that the reason? It's all about that and money. I, yeah, I think money is probably the biggest thing that that kind of played into it. To kind of just go off of what Jim's saying now, like the the the, the bowl system in college football went from, as you said, four games to if you name a company, it probably has a bowl now, like that that, that gets played. And just there's this been extension of the the bowl season, right? Like now it's a, I, I don't know when the first and last bowl games are, but it's like now we're talking multiple weeks in a traditional college football season, not like this, but there are multiple weeks that start like two, two weeks maybe before new year's day and then post new year's day. But, but that's the thing that they began to keep a kind of large scale was just how it's changed to where it's just a money grab. So every one of these schools can play another game. And as I was saying, if you name a company, 
it's probably got a bowl game associated with it nowadays. And that's that's the biggest change I think. We've well, seen. isn't the biggest change that now the bowl games are being used to decide who gets to play another game, and that game then determines the national champion? I, yeah, that's that's the the subset of this is the decision to make a playoff out of college football. And because because normally the way it worked traditionally was first it was what you talked about where there were four bowl games. And then depending on how those played out, there was a national champion that got declared. Then after that, they added this national championship game, which was separate from the other bowl games, where the one and the two seed would play in a national championship game, and all the other bowl games would get played. Now there's this new iteration of it where two of the major bowl games become semifinals, and then you have the finals. And, and that format has changed to allow it to be a playoff, like you said. But I think really that that is a secondary story to the idea of more bowl games. Like I, I, I have to, I'd have to look it up, but I think there's over 30, 30 different, I think there's over 30 bowl games. I mean, when cheese, it's has their own bowl, when pizza hut, you know, when there's the pizza hut bowl and, and stuff, I just think it's, it's just become a way to give everybody an extra game and to extend the college football season. But it's, it has gone through these drastic changes since when since you were around when you said, what, there were four games, right? Four, four, bowl, games. four bowl, bowl games. They were all played on New Year's. And that was clearly the end right. of, of college football season. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not that anymore. Uh, 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports. So just during the 2020-2021 season, so kind of this like shortened season, so to speak. Right now. There were 40 licensed college football bowl games that 40? were played. Yeah, 40 of them. Um, in 2019, oh, there were only, there were 40 in 2019 also. Uh, I take that back. Okay, so 40 seems like it's the pretty, pretty much the consistent number across the board. I thought there were more, but I just, I would love to look at this list and just like you have, just listen to how crazy this list is, just in terms of what they are. You have town, you have the Las Vegas Bowl, the New Orleans Bowl, the Hawaii Bowl, and then you just get into this list: the Cheese It Bowl, the Camping World Bowl, the First Responder Bowl, the the and um, there's criteria to get the eaten. famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Are most of them regional? You think they're not regional, but again, there's 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 affiliations for. One. Like if you are in this conference, you are going to play in these games if you finish in their bowl eligible, so on and so forth. But it's just, it, yeah, it's just crazy. Like I, I've been a long believer that I think college football is just missing the mark a ton on how its playoff system should work in general. I think that it's just a very poorly designed system that that only allows a few teams to be in it every year and only a few specific teams. But that that's a whole other story. Uh, but yeah, it's it's an interesting conversation that. Jim and I wanted to have have briefly today on on New Year's Day because you know all, they're all the bowl games. It was a good game just to see the end of a game. We watched Georgia and Cincinnati. It was a fun ending to a game. Good college football ending. That was fun. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Yeah, college football is uh is ending. But um, I'll tell you, Jerry, I'm 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 happy that the NBA is back. Yeah. Yeah, it's you it's know good I, to have I didn't realize I, I love the NBA playoffs and that bubble thing was incredible and I've always looked forward to I don't know, May June whatever whatever it is I really like that but the grind of the regular season I'm realizing I miss that too I I'm enjoying these, these regular season games 
Was it weird to you to have Christmas Day be the second game of the season for most teams? I, I think I talked about that a little bit because uh, we took Christmas Day off. I thought it was, I talked about it a little bit on the week before, but was it weird to you to, like, this Christmas is normally that thing that isolates and separates some of the teams when you kind of see where the, the standings are going to be? What, did it bother you at all that Christmas Day was the second game of the year, or was it just Christmas Day basketball? Well, I read something. Uh, well, no, it was just, definitely was Christmas Day basketball, which right. is exciting, but... I will, I will add this to it. Um, the, one of the most abused stats I've ever heard is they said this Christmas day, no, this opening first week of basketball, which went from like the Tuesday before Christmas or maybe the Thursday before Christmas, it went about a week long. Right. Right. And they said the first week was, was the most watched first week of basketball ever or something like that. And I'm like, give me a break here. Yeah. Usually there's three months before the Christmas games. We started the the, the, the second game for some of the teams right. with the Christmas. So of course it was the most watched. It, it'd be interesting to compare opening if you want to get into like numbers and viewership. And I think that stuff is kind of interesting, but I'd be interested to see if you compare opening day traditionally, like oh, traditionally, like the traditional NBA opening day games versus this year's Christmas day. Because that's the more oh. accurate comparison. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but talking about the, the start of the season, we've got a couple minutes left here on the show, about six minutes or so. So give us a call if you want to talk sports, 707-895-2448. Um, to talk NBA for a little bit, because you know, Jim and I, I, we can talk NBA forever, and we're wrapping up here. I've had two observations, and we've talked about this a little bit already. There's been a lot of blowouts, and the home teams aren't winning very much. And the, those, are, the those that, are the two observations that I've made to start this NBA season. And I don't know if it's bubble related. I don't know if it's, you know, shortened preseason for some, longer preseasons, or off seasons. But the two observations I've made is we've watched a lot of games that aren't close and the home teams aren't winning statistically. Well, I, when I saw that one today, it jumped out at my ears. Right. It's very interesting. Home teams are 33 and 34. And, and what is the normal? I don't remember. You don't remember? It's, but, but it's it, they have like a winning record. 60, 40 yeah, or 70, something like 30. 60, 40, something like that. So, so the home teams don't seem after two weeks to have the advantage. Um, that can be explained. They were talking about it today is no matter what everyone says, no matter what everyone thinks, the crowds matter. Right. That, that, that's just, that was how it was explained by one of the analysis people today is they may never know why. Statistically, we're showing now that the crowds matter in, in NBA basketball because it's always been a sport right. where the home team did better. The other one, Jer, I think. Am I, am I reading into something that's not there? Are there not as many blow? Or, or is, it, is so. it a traditional amount of games that we just happen to have seen a lot of games that are I, I just think you've noticed blowouts more. And I, I, I know you could put, somehow figure that out. I'd on love Google. to look. I feel like there's been a lot of games that just haven't been close this year. But it, it, I could be wrong. I could absolutely be wrong that it's just. It just happens to be. We're in less than four minutes on the sports phone. Love to take one more quick call. 707-895-2448. You haven't had a lot of calls tonight, Jerry, but I've enjoyed talking about sports with you tonight. I'm trying to find the average scoring margin of victory stats to see if I'm right or not. I I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull this off. Uh, oh, can I get a team? Oh, there's not a total here. That's very disappointing. But, oh, that's so bummed. I, because I thought I had it here. Um, 
I, I think it's it's very interesting that home teams are not having the advantage, and the only consistent variable would have to be that there's no crowd. Yeah, you, you can't you you you. What else can you throw in there? No, that's the variable that's been taken away. And and we were watching part of the Laker game earlier today, and I thought it was interesting. One of the commentators on that game, he was talking about the reason he thinks it is is because when you talk about the crowd, it it there's the home team isn't going to get fired up because there's no crowd to fire them up, and the road team doesn't get fired up because there's no crowd for them to like send home upset and like send home, you know, that, with, with a loss. So it, it plays into both. So it's yeah, it's it's. Well, no, no crowd, it's even. That's the thing that's so fascinating about it. Isn't like road teams have a huge advantage. They they have one more win. The home teams are thirty three and thirty four. So it's it's yeah. even. And like that also shows how competitive the NBA is. Really, like just this shows how balanced teams are in general. We talked about our favorite things and twenty uh, favorite sports stories. We're running out of time here. We have less than three minutes. Um, Jerry, real quick, your. What are you thankful for sports-wise in 2020? I mean, again, it's really hard wait, to wait, se- wait. it's it's really hard to separate it from COVID. Yeah, yeah, I'm just happy that sports happened in 2020, right? Like just the fact that there was a bubble, the fact that there for the NBA and the NHL, the fact that there was a an NFL season that was, I think, pretty successful. I, I'm just happy sports happened. We did in something. general, which yeah. is I think it's the cop out answer, but it's it's the right answer. I'd, I'd like to uh, at least give myself a, a, a 30 seconds to a minute here yeah. and thank um, at the end of the year, beginning of the year, thanks to KZYX and Z, the staff, the supporters of it. Um, I'm in my over two years. Every Friday night, I get to sit here with my son. Right now, we're sitting here with all board equipment. At the Sports Bar. Studio. Um, my family's here, um, and we're on the sports phone. I, I, I'm, it's, yeah. it's I, I really appreciate everything that KZUX done is make this possible. This is me. as sentimental as Jim is ever going to get, by the I way. Know, it's it's <laughs> better than that. <laughs> and, and, okay. Let, one, one last question. Cause we got, we got another minute and a half here in or so Jim, what, anything you're looking forward to 2021, what are what, any like thing that you're really looking forward to in the sports world? I have my answer, and I think it's again, it's the cop out COVID answer. But I have mine. If you aren't sure of anyone of anything, who my my cop out COVID answer is high school sports. That's right. it. Yeah. Okay, so mine is, and we talked. Didn't about you want to coach bit. high school basketball? Yeah, I'd like to get into it if, if I had the chance. Huh. But the thing that I'm excited about for 2021, because I was in this world a little bit, I can't wait to see the marketing campaigns when they start allowing crowds back in. Like, I can't wait to see the end the the ESPN welcome the crowd back commercials right i'm so excited oh, to you, see. your predictor's gonna I, be a lot so excited to see that marketing campaign and then to see where it goes but that's gonna do it for the sports phone here uh we'll be back next week that'll be january 8th jim will be back in the studio i will probably be back in my office i will not be at the sports phone bar um but with that renee i'll send it back to you you can cue the music thanks for everyone that listened and called today we'll be back next week january 8th on another edition of the sports phone thank you renee
This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.